Welcome to this special episode of Jimmy's Jobs of the Future. You'll have noticed in the last few episodes I have spoken about Derby County and pretty much every professional and personal conversation that I have at the moment starts with the other person asking, can you please explain what is going on with Derby County? I have been pretty much tweeting about it non-stop and so this episode is an attempt to explain what is quite a complex matter into a short summary so people can understand. But essentially, a club that has been around since 1884, that's longer than the Statue of Liberty or the Eiffel Tower, is very close to not existing anymore. Becoming a football fan is a weird social contract that you sign at the age of six or seven with no idea what it's going to entail. But for the rest of your life, you will be forever distracted at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon as you try and find out the scores, no matter where you are in the world. I remember vividly being on the Bolivian salt flats and trying to climb a cactus to get signal to see if we were beating Doncaster Rovers. Spoiler, we weren't. We were losing 3-0. I am aware that this is very much a business podcast, so I'll try and keep it focused on the business side of things and not spend too long describing Festi's exploding runs or Christian Bellick's bicycle kicks. The modern history of Derby County begins in 2014. They had narrowly lost out in the playoff final to a 93rd minute Bobby Zamora goal for Queen's Park Rangers. There were many fans who thought, oh well it'll be fine, next season we'll walk the league. That didn't happen. And eight years later, we're on the verge of extinction, which is a useful reminder whether it's politics, sport, life more generally when your chance comes you have to take it soon after that fateful day in 2014 mel morris a boyhood derby fan bought derby county he had made half a billion initially through property development and had then been an investor in candy crush morris proceeded to spend almost half his fortune on derby county spending vast sums on every aspect of the club including a top-class academy lots of different high-quality managers and some questionable signings. But it was all gearing up for Derby County to become a Premier League side once again. But things didn't really progress on the pitch in that time, coming close on occasion to the playoffs and the playoff final again. But unfortunately, no promotion to the Premier League ensued. And then a combination of the global pandemic hitting and the failure to progress on the pitch meant that Morris's commitment to the club waned. And in the autumn of last year, he placed the club into administration with £60 million of debt. A club that was preparing to be in the Premier League like Derby County has many jobs associated with it. They employ hundreds of people, not just playing staff, but data scientists, nutritionists, strength and conditioning coaches, presenters for Rams TV, and of course, tea ladies too. All these jobs were put at risk. The administration saw Derby deducted 12 points. Due to further financial irregularities, they were deducted another 9 points. A total record point deduction of 21 points. This was November. No team has ever stayed up following a points deduction, let alone the most on record. Derby were also placed under a transfer embargo and forced to sell and release a number of players. Surely down, out and relegated. But it was even more serious than that. A deadline was imposed of January the 31st to show that the club could have enough funds to survive until the end of the season. Relegation of certainty, the bigger question, was could Derby County survive liquidation? 
could they continue to exist at all? And this is perhaps where the story starts to get really interesting. In the excesses of the Morris era, he had signed Manchester United and England's all-time highest goalscorer, Wayne Rooney. Initially, Rooney was a player coach, wearing the number 32 on his back, the club being sponsored by the gambling firm Red 32. Rooney eventually became the manager. Now, it's fair to say that Rooney has a certain image and identity with most people that have come across him. He's seen as a bit of a bruiser and as a bit of a fighter. Rooney could have looked at the dad's army-style squad of ageing pensioners and bunch of teenagers in front of him, and no one could have blamed him if he'd walked away. Even admitting to the media, he would not have taken the job initially had he known the full extent of what was to come. But that would underestimate Wayne Rooney. Instead, he committed to Derby, even at one point turning down the option to interview with Everton, his boyhood club. He said, the people and the staff are depending on me here. I couldn't walk away in their hour of need. Rooney, the boxer, in a glorified career that has seen him win the Premier League on multiple occasions and lift the Champions League trophy, set about together an albeit rather different task of trying to complete the most unlikely of escapes. Back to the business side. In January, things were beginning to look really bleak. Middlesbrough and Wickham had claims against Derby. The claims being that if the club had not breached so many financial rules, they would have finished higher up the table and be eligible to more money, with Middlesbrough claiming that they could have made the Premier League. Rather strangely, the Middlesbrough and Wickham claims were against Derby itself and not against the English Football League. And these potential liabilities meant no one wanted to take the club on. And therefore, Derby County were caught in the middle of this. No one seemed willing to budge. With the deadline of January 31st rapidly approaching, it seemed a very real prospect that Derby County could go into liquidation. And this is where I started to get a bit more involved. I could see the danger. Because the issue with the English Football League had been so long running, there was a danger the club would sleepwalk into liquidation without the nation really noticing. It had happened to Bury and it had happened to Macclesfield. It would be easy to say it couldn't happen to Derby County because they were too big and too famous. A dangerous mistake to make at any point. Right from Lehman Brothers to the Roman Empire, it's a tale as old as time of resting on your laurels and being taken advantage of. So myself and a few of the Derby fans who knew each other from Westminster and political campaigns set about trying to make as much noise as possible. Call in as many favours as possible. If Derby County were going to go to the wall, it was not going to be for a lack of noise or a lack of attention. What happened over those final two weeks of January was remarkable to witness. Derby County was suddenly everywhere. The issue was raised on the floor of the House of Commons. The sports minister was being lobbied at literally every corner. So much so, he started to take the back routes around the Palace of Westminster. We organised Twitter town halls where thousands of Derby fans came in to ask what they could do. We tweeted players, old and new. It became the number one trending topic on Twitter for several days in a row. Every single media outlet covered the story. Not just the sports pages, but major outlets like Good Morning Britain, the Today programme, which is listened to by 3 million people, heard the Punjabi Rams making the case for why that it was more than just a club. Lots of different groups were hitting the airwaves, like the black and white together. Even business groups like Marketing Derby were getting involved. 
and a team of what I would call Derby creators, like Ryan Bourne, Blake Fallows, Steve Bloomer's Washing, Jake Barker, and even Derby's own poet, Jamie, were making brilliant content that kept the momentum going. These people were practically writing the Derby City of Culture bid. As it was clear to everyone that this was more than a football club, this was an entire city coming together, refusing to be bullied into extinction. And this was not exactly a quiet news period. The Prime Minister was on the verge of being forced from office over Partygate, and tensions in Eastern Europe with Russia and Ukraine were rising. Yet we still kept Derby County towards the top of the news agenda. It wasn't just the campaign that was being fought on social media though. Some fans started planning a march to the game against Birmingham, and crowdfunding campaigns were launched through the hashtag Rams Family Fund to allow more youngsters to go to the games. It helped get badly needed money into the club, to improve the atmosphere for the team, and to potentially cement a new generation of Rams fans for life. When it came to the march, I initially thought it might be a few hundred. I could tell from the Twitter town halls that there was going to be more interest in that. There is a large freeway that connects the old city of Derby and the Pride Park development that was built in the mid-90s. That is where the march went across. And as I stood on top of that freeway, I could not quite believe my eyes. To the west, back to the city centre. To the new development in the east, all you could see was Ram fans. Like an army marching towards their final battle. In total, over 10,000 fans marched towards the ground. Over the historic railway tracks that the city was built on, all of a sudden, a rather unloved large piece of concrete that made up the freeway would become part of Derby's history. You can have all the social media likes and engagement in the world, but nothing beats the awesome sight of that. Again, demonstrating that this was more than a club, it was a city uniting. As for the game itself against Birmingham that day, Derby were disappointing and losing 2-0. But this Derby side perhaps embodies the boxing qualities of Wayne Rooney, not knowing when they are beaten. Derby pulled a goal back, and in the sixth minute of injury time, the ball bounced around in the penalty box, and Christian Bielek, who had been out for a year to that day with an ACL injury, fired a bicycle kick into the top corner. Surely if you pitch this story to Roy of the Rovers, they would say, I think this is going a bit far. And yet, this is just one chapter. As I record this in early February, major issues with Middlesbrough have now been sorted. And finally, after months of anguish, Derby County may be taken over. And as for the team on the pitch, Wayne Rooney and the team are incredibly still within a shot of completing what would surely be the greatest escape of all time. We are Derby County and we will fight to the end.